I like on the spectrum. I feel like I fall closer to animated character than NPR host. Uh huh. <laughs> Hi, my name is Orlean, and today Dustin and I will be talking about the book Harriet the Spy and its upcoming animated series adaptation. Cue the theme. So you have a long to be read list and you don't know how to proceed. Just give yourself a break, my friend, because Dustin can read. Dustin can read. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Dustin Can Read. And it's another adaptation episode where we'll be talking about the upcoming animated series of Harriet the Spy, which will be on Apple Plus. Today, we're actually going to be talking about that with... Miss Oraline from Spooky Sisters Book Club. Woohoo! Hey, how you doing? How's it going? Hey, Dustin. <laughs> I, I mean, it's almost like we're on a talk show, but we're not. <laughs> I know. You know, I should put some. Oh, I'm going to do it. Guest music? Are you okay. going to do guest music? No, I'm going to put some audience in the background. We're going to do that oh again. Hold on. And here is Oraline. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Hello, everyone. Hello. All right, everybody settle down, settle down, settle down. <laughs> and Orlean, in case you, if you uh, don't remember her from other episodes, she was also in my um, episode, She used I used her voice for a character in the Broken Chain episode, if you want to look back at one of those stories. And uh, that was fun. <laughs> Just like Brucker, she got to join in. It was, it was a good time. Yeah, I liked it. It was, yeah. it was a very strange experience, but I loved hearing it all stitched together. It was, it was, it was experimental. We'll see if we'll do it again. I might do something a little more scripted. It'll be easier to, it'll make a little more sense. <laughs> maybe we could do a Halloween play. Ooh, maybe. Hmm. All right. The gears are turning. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile. So like I said, we will be reading Harriet the Spy by Louise Fitzhu. Um, and it was published in 1964. And it's actually had uh, four sequels. And um, have you ever read this before, before this, you know, before this podcast? No, actually, it's always been on my list and it always kind of fell around the middle. Yeah, it's kind of one of those ones you're like, I really want to, but just not right now. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, even though I have seen the movie, I wasn't necessarily excited about the book. I'm not sure why. I don't know. Maybe maybe the cover designs aren't, you know, kind of blah. You know, they're not really the most eye-catching, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, <laughs> so when I first actually heard about this book, like probably back in 1992 or 1993, when I was watching um, an episode of Ghost Rider on PBS. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> it was the third mystery. It was called To Catch a Creep. And in one of the, the parts, one of the chapters of it, Lenny, um, one of the characters, uh, turns 13. I think I think she turns 13. And her mother has given to her from beyond the grave her favorite book, which is Harriet the Spy. Aww. And so she reads the book. And, you know, I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. And she tells, you know, she kind of mentions what the sh- what the book is about. And I thought, well, that's kind of neat. So I picked it up and and I actually got the same cover that she had. And uh, which was the one from, I think, the 1990 or 1989 cover. And it kind of looks a little more hand drawn. You know, it looks more portrait, like the girl hiding behind a plant. Mm-hmm. You know, writing in her notebook with pigtails and glasses. 
but I also have the same cover that you got, which is the classic edition. And uh, it, you know, it's, it's basically just, it kind of looks, I don't know, very kind of sketch looking of the streets and she's walking down the street wearing a red hoodie and her notebook. And that's basically it. Yeah. I, I find them both very uninspiring. I kept hoping for some like magical modern edition and I didn't find one. Yeah. It's just maybe something we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, but what the design will be like for this new series, but uh, hopefully it'll be something good. That'll be kind of enticing to watch, you know, something Mm -hmm. that's, that's not, I don't know, so drab feeling. I don't know. There's something about it. This feels, (laughs) (laughs) I just kind of, you know, Um, but one of the things I liked about Harriet the spy, which, you know, was, you know, obviously the spy thing is a kid thing. It was, you know, it was all the stuff I loved at that age. You know, I watched ghost Rider. I love to watch things about kids solving mysteries. So, um, I, you know, I, I really got into it and I read that around that time. It's probably, I was probably 11 or 12 when I read it originally. And then of course, a few le- years later, the movie came out, the, uh, the Paramount movie, which, which is actually a Nickelodeon movie, um, starring Michelle Trachtenberg and Rosie O'Donnell. And that came out in 1996 by the way. So I was really into this movie, I think a little bit more than the book because the book, I mean, pretty much, I mean, the movie pretty much follows the book for the most part. It it does. It hits the same plot points, but I, the feeling is very different between the two. Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like it's a little bit, I don't know. I just, it feels like the book expects you to be a little bit more mature. <laughs> when you're reading it. it you mean almost like a like a judy bloom book as opposed to an adventure story yeah you have the spy in the title it's and this is more coven, coming of age and it's and you know you're thinking oh this is gonna be a, you know but and in the description on the back we'll get to the description on the back but um it's just i don't know we'll get into that in a second but there was also uh so this is 35 years after the original nickelodeon film that they're doing this animated series on apple plus right no i'm not that old what uh uh, no No. not 35 years 25 years later 25 years later i don't know why i put a third Woo! sorry about that man i really aged myself up (laughs) wow that's not good um But there was also, uh, apparently, there was like a TV movie that aired on Disney Channel. I don't think it was a Disney Channel movie, but I think it just, they aired it there. And it was called Harriet the Spy Blog Wars, which from what it looks like, yes, (laughs) from what it looks like, it was basically the same story, except it was all for the digital age. And she, you know, instead of the newspaper, the school newspaper, she wanted to be in the school blog, that kind of thing. So they basically just kind of rehashed the story. Kind of like Neverending Story three, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I do. It's so bad. Oh, and they kind of just warped the story of the original and just mm-hmm. it's the same damn thing. Um, or any of the Home Alone sequels, actually. Oh, terrible. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was announced in um, uh, August of 2020 that this would actually be coming. You know, be made into an animated series. And it's going to be on Apple Plus, and it looks like you know it's a very good group of people putting it together. But what I want to talk about is this book first, and what our reactions are to the book, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
I want to do something. I'm going to read. Uh, I want us to read both of our covers. Okay. Just to kind of give the, uh, we don't have to read like the quotes that she has in there from what, from, mm-hmm. you know, I'm talking about, but yeah. um, we can just read the actual description and just to kind of give, a, I want to kind of compare that. Okay. If you want to go first, that's cool. If you have yours. Yeah. Harriet M. Welsh is a spy. She's staked out a spy route and she writes down everything about everyone she sees, including her classmates and her best friends, in her notebook. Then Harriet loses track of her notebook and it ends up in the wrong hands. Before Harriet can stop them, her friends have read the always truthful, sometimes awful things she's written about each of them. Will Harriet find a way to put her life and her friendships back together? Soapy. Mm-hmm. So that's, I don't know if that's the original description, but this is from the rehashed, reprinted mm-hmm. classic edition. That's what yours was. Now, mine is, like I said, from the 19, this is 1990. So yeah, this is the 1990 edition. Oh, wait, I have to write, I have to read this part. Oh. It make sense. <laughs> <laughs> when I grow up, I'm going to find out everything about everybody and put it all in a book. So writes Harriet M. Welsh, who is determined to grow up to be a famous author. In the meantime, she practices by following a regular spy route every day and writing down everything she sees in her secret notebook. Then one morning, Harriet's life is turned upside down. Her classmates find her spy notebook and read it out loud. Harriet's in big trouble. The other sixth graders are stealing her tomato sandwiches, forming a spy catcher club, and writing notes of their own all about Harriet. And that's it. <laughs> oh, wow. They really like take you to the top of the roller coaster and just leave you there. <laughs> All right. And you want to know what's going to happen? Ah, no dive down for you. <laughs> We're going to leave you on the high right here in the back of this book. It's funny. Both are true. Like They both, are, but they're not. They're just not good descriptions. It's not the same. Uh, yeah. I mean, nothing. Nothing about this book says read me. Nothing. Exactly. And exactly. I don't know why. I mean. No, it wasn't like gripping, but everything about it just says like this is a story about a girl who kind of like walks around New York. <laughs> this girl's a peeping tom. <laughs> I she is. She is though. I mean, my God, she is. So let's you know, let's go ahead and get into the book a little <laughs> bit. Okay, so even the I can even describe the movie as the book, whatever. So Harriet is she is this really? I want to say I want to say precocious, but she's kind of a you know mm. I guess she's precocious. She sure. wants to know everything about everything, and, and she writes down every damn thing she sees, which, you know, I can't blame her. I used to do the same thing. When but she I editorializes, write... and oh, that's yeah. a problem. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. She puts her own spin on everything. And the one thing she does is she goes on this super, quote, super secret, <laughs> quote, super secret spy route. That she doesn't tell anybody where she goes, but she she basically she climbs up like fire escapes and goes through back alleys and and goes and hides in people's houses and gets in their dumb waiter and like watches them in their bedroom. It's really kind of screwed up. And she just listens. She listens and writes down everything and notates, you know, observes, which, you know, is kind of neat, which, you know, as a kid, I was like, ooh, and I kind of did a little bit of this, which I, you know, a little ashamed to say didn't go this far. I'm just talking about like getting in somebody's backyard, you know, that's it. Oh yeah, go, I like... did that. Or like I started <laughs> spying on my parents and writing down what they did, which they hated. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Stop it. Arlene. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But she has, the thing is, I liked about her was that she kind of made herself her own little superhero. She had a utility belt, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, she has like little gadgets. She has like a Swiss army knife and she has, you know, a flashlight and a bunch of pens. And, and in the movie, she has even more than that. Like <laughs> she has rubber gloves. She wears, you know, a, a yellow raincoat and which I'm like, yeah, don't draw attention to yourself. Wear this bright yellow raincoat. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to hide, you know. But some of the people she sees, you know, and writes about, some of them are kind of really sad. You know, she she puts their, their spin on it at first, but then as it goes on, you start really seeing, and she starts seeing mm-hmm. kind of how sad these people's lives are. And I'm thinking that's just her gaining empathy for them and not seeing them like they're people on TV or something, you know? Yeah, she was seeing them as subjects, like she was Jane Goodall. When really these are her neighbors and these are families and these are people with real problems. And I think that's part of her growing up over the book is starting to see like dropping into their lives for one day and spying is something. But then watching things play out in their lives is totally different. Exactly. So, yeah. And and she's getting the full story just, you know, in bits and pieces throughout the, you know, her mm-hmm. her week or whatever. But, you know, and what I found interesting also was that she was this year I'm watching. I'm like, this year? Like, (laughs) (laughs) you're watching these people this year. Who were you watching last year? Oh, my gosh. Somebody needs to do a backstory on Harriet. Um, You know, somebody's going to, yeah. Somebody's going to find that notebook. There's a stack of notebooks somewhere in her room in a corner. (laughs) I know. this Because this was notebook 15. At the beginning of the book, she said she started on notebook 15. I'm like, oh, my God. And she'd been doing it for like three or four years. Ever. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's just, wow. So, yeah, she writes down everything about everybody. And then she also does it about, she takes this notebook everywhere. It's not like she just goes and spies and that's the only time she writes a notebook. No, she writes in it all the time and she takes it with her everywhere. And she ends up writing observations she sees about the kids at school. And she's kind, she's really mean. It's kind of a burn book it, in a that's way. That's absolutely what I was thinking, that This movie is almost a precursor to Mean Girls, where Harriet plays all the roles, more or less, (laughs) over the course of the book. Like, she, you know, like, at the beginning, I was like, oh. And she's innocent like Katie, because she just doesn't understand. Right, (laughs) at first, I I shouldn't be doing these things. Right, she and Katie would really get along, and then over the course of your book, you're like, oh, oh no, Harriet, you're becoming Regina George. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And well, until she faces up against her own personal Regina George, which is Marion Hawthorne. Night Marion, uh, which is my yes. favorite insult ever. Night Marion. That's rah, great. Rah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's basically the mean girl in the school and she has a little lackey and um, her, what is her name? Rachel. Yeah. yeah. She's not um, even that mean. She's just kind of snobby and thinks she's better, but Harriet gets mean too. Like oh, meaner. Yeah. So I, well, it's because, I mean, the girl doesn't have much perspective. And which one thing, another thing I forgot to mention was Harriet has a nanny. And that's the big factor in this story is Harriet's nanny. And her name is Old Golly. <laughs> so ridiculous. What is that name? name? I don't know why they call her Old Golly. Her probably name is something Golly. And she's called her Old Golly. Um, I don't know why. It's weird. But so she's like this, you know, she's. She's like this, she's wisdom filled. She just seems, you know, she's a really, I don't know, just a down to earth person, it seems. And, but also kind of mysterious at the same time, because you don't know much about her. 
And um, apparently she takes Harriet and sometimes her friends on these trips, you know, just little outings and uh, every so often. And in the movie, they go to this lady's house and, you know, they tie, you know, neckties on a tree and and mess with water bottles on this oh big Oh my gosh, thing. the scrap garden in yes. New York City. Oh, it's like lodged in my fictional New York brain. I know, I want to like, go I know it's real, that. but it's it's this magical scene of fun and adventure in the movie, you know? And that's what's put in place of this scene is what I'm thinking because Old Golly takes them to like the shore and they end up at this like, this shack basically. They go to Golly's mom's house. Yeah. It is a strange note to start the book out on. I was really, it wasn't what I expected at all. I know. And, but the thing what it was really good about it though, something you, I don't think I could pay attention to as a kid. Like, I don't think I got through the book that well as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like I had a, you know what I mean? I might've even not finished it. I don't remember, but, <laughs> but um, I remember it was really hard to read because it was just like, nothing was moving. It was just, ugh, okay. And, but the thing I, I, re- I realize about it now is that old golly was trying to teach her about, Hey, you have it really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you have it so well, you have brought, you know, you need to open your eyes and realize not everybody has a good like you and not everybody is going to have a good like you, you know? So she was trying to teach her about the real world. Basically. I don't know if you said in the intro, but Harriet lives in Manhattan. Her parents oh. are rich. They go to parties all the time. She has a nanny and a cook. She goes to some fancy private school that she walks to a couple blocks away. Like, she's even richer than her friends. It, and that is noted. Yes, it is. And it's, it's, that's what's really funny. Like, and there's a lot of parallels, I think, probably between Harriet and the author, Louise Fitzhu, because Louise Fitzhu was born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee, which is where I was born and mm-hmm. lived near still. And she went to a private girls' school, which is Mrs. Hutchinson's school which is now oh. just Hutchinson school. It's a, it was, I think it's, it's, it's all girls up, you know, when you get to like high school or junior high, but before that's, you know, mixed. Um, and so they had money, you know, it's a private school. And, um, and then she got to travel the world and we're talking like in the fifties and sixties mm-hmm. traveling the world for serious a, a, money, <laughs> a woman. That's, that's a lot of money, you know? So they had some money and then she settled in Manhattan and that's when she wrote Harriet the spy. So I'm thinking Harriet is pretty much her. Wow. And it's funny. I don't know if you think that I grew up in Manhattan and attended fancy private schools, but this is kind of similar to gossip girl. I did not, oh, yeah. by the way, I just want to note, um, but it is a life that I always aspired to. And these well, books yeah. <laughs> do nothing to disabuse me of that idea because <laughs> Harriet has a great little life. And I mean, like any kid who goes on adventures, she has no supervision in the books, Mm-mm. like negative supervision. And then once old golly leaves to get married, cause she's not old. Like, I don't really understand why. I don't know. <laughs> she's she not seems like, old to a little girl. To an 11-year-old, yes, but I you think know, she, she might, might be she like... might be 25. <laughs> I mean, she might be 30. Who knows? But yeah, <laughs> um, after old golly leaves, Harriet just goes off the rails because she has no one. She has no guiding hand from her parents. Yeah, well, because her parents... Basically, old golly was a crutch for all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, old golly was a crutch to be her parent and the parents, you know, to you know not have to deal with the, their child. So it kind of made them all wake up like, okay, you guys have got to be a family now. (laughs) 
you guys. I mean, gotta... it, it took them a while to wake up after oh Harriet. Harriet. Eventually, really though, they turn around and then you start seeing, oh, good. Mom is actually trying to parent. She's trying to, you know, hey, why did you, why did this happen? You know, why, you know, because eventually, like it says in our descriptions, the kids find her notebook. They read the stuff about themselves, the, the really unflattering stuff. <laughs> Even her best friends, Sport oh. and Janie. And she's just said some crappy things in her notebook. And it just kind of teaches you the lesson, like, just because you can put it out there, maybe you shouldn't. Yeah, just yeah. because you think it, you don't need to share it with anybody, even a notebook. Like, why would you want to remember that negative thought? You know, these right, negative criticisms of people that you love. You know, why are these the things you're writing down and not that cool science experiment that Janie was doing and what's going on with it? Like, it it the whole book is about her perspective and how like it takes a long time for it to change. It feels like in the book. One thing I do want to say though is putting this in context for 1964. I think her mom was actually a pretty good parent for that time, considering they're super rich and they go to parties all the time. Like, yeah, there yeah, was yeah, clearly especially. a level of this is my child and I am responsible for her. There was just this like reticence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense, you know, especially the well-to-do parenting style of that era. You know, just kind of like if they're if they got the money, they're just kind of meh. <laughs> Even the and nannying it, style. The last letter, I don't know if I'm going to jump this far, but when Harriet gets a letter from old golly and she's basically like, I don't miss you. We're never going to see each other again. And I'm never going to look back. Peace out. She's 11. She's 11. (laughs) But what was, but I think, I think it was kind of a joke. It was sarcasm. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's, I mean, I get they had a relationship that was kind of like glib and playful and, but I didn't feel that in the book itself and Harriet's life as cool as we see it. She didn't seem to enjoy it or have fun in it that much in the book. I know that's why she kept trying to escape and watch everybody else's life. What were your favorite parts of the story? Um, I really like when she's just exploring and spying on people, honestly, and detailing their lives. Like when she gets out of her life and out of her angst and, you know, she's just getting around the city and I, that was almost like like a movie within a movie or like, you know, because we're getting these snippets of updates about all these different families and people and what's his name got a cat. And I, I just really enjoyed these little like slices of life around her. I did, too. And you know what? What I think is kind of funny and maybe that was intentional was that the parts about her own life are just kind of blah. And mm-hmm. then when she actually goes out, the parts that we actually preferred to read were the parts where she was spying on people <laughs> because that's the part she preferred to do anyway. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe we could tie that into her learning to be a writer, understanding what parts of life are interesting, understanding how to find interesting people. I feel like that was part of her exploring. And I mean, at that age, at 11, you're not like, hmm, how full is my life? You know, you're not doing that kind of... Hopefully you're not. Oh, my hopefully God. Hopefully you're not doing that kind of analysis. <laughs> but, you know, you could kind of see that's where she's going to go in a couple of years, where she's thinking, like, what kind of life do I want? And it's probably not this one. The thing I love, like like I said before, I used to carry around my video camera all the time when that I was, was in high cool. school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have like hundreds and I feel like hundreds and hundreds of hours <laughs> of just like footage of just stuff, just for no reason, just stuff, yeah. just observing everything. And, you know, there's like this quote from Harriet at the very beginning and like, you know, sport her one of her best friends. Mm-hmm. 
um, who is actually, he doesn't have a lot of money. He lives with a single dad who's a writer who, you know, starving artist. everything, everything, <laughs> you know. So he's like, hey, um, why are you writing in your notebooks all the time? And she's like, because I've seen it and I just want, you know, I want to remember it. And that's kind of how I felt at that time. You know, like mm-hmm. I just wanted to record everything and I wanted to absorb, you know, absorb everything. But I didn't realize till later on, like, if not everything's important, not everything, <laughs> you don't need, I don't need to keep this log of everything that happens to me. <laughs> but as a, especially as a kid, but even as a teen, you can't tell what's going to be important. You can't tell when something's happening most and of the yeah, time. And you don't want to miss it at the right. same time. Like, and almost everything is new to you. So everything feels significant. Was, yeah, exactly. Like, But what was funny was that when I didn't have my camera or when I didn't, you know, that's when the fun stuff happened because I wasn't trying to observe it. I was actually participating. Mm-hmm. It was just happening. Right. And then I wish I could have gotten it on camera. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> yeah, I got to live with that memory. So, oh, man. So there's, you know, what some other differences that happened in the movie was like at the end. Like you said, when Old Gully comes back after, you know, all her friends are against her and they're spoiling her spike, their spy capture club and everything. And um, in the movie, she comes back in the book. She just sends the letter. Yeah, because in the movie, Old Gully is amazing and I loved her and I wanted one. Yes. Well, that's because <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell interpreted her well. Amazingly. <laughs> like, I just love her take on the character. Yes, it's, me too. It's not I mean, who I picture in the book. Not at all, but I just, I love that, that character. Well, I love that scene actually, you know, in the movie and, you know, the, the, the letter is in the book that has a lot of the same stuff in it about, you know, mm-hmm. to thy own self be true. And you'll have to tell, you'll have to lie and you'll have to tell, you know, tell the truth, bend the truth, whatever. And um, all that stuff about trying to get your friends back. You, you kind of have to you know eat crow, you know, that, that kind of stuff in the movie. There's that great line that I always love, especially when I feel like, I don't know, weird for every, too weird for everybody, or just, you know, feel like I'm being rejected. And I kind of always think of this and, and you know, and what was it, you, you know, you're an individual, you know, what was that? Dang it. I got to rethink this line. And she goes, uh, you're an individual and you know, something that makes people nervous and it's going to keep making people nervous your entire life. Yeah. I and mean, that's what I, I, I love that line. I love everything about the movie because it came out when I was nine and Harriet's 11. So I was literally the demographic for this movie. Weird little white girl, nine years old. Absolutely. Like this movie, I was like, yes, this is this is what I want. Plus, it was in New York, which everyone I mean, everybody cool lived in New York. Everything about the 90s was like go to New York. It's amazing. Everything cool happens in New York. And so this was just another one where it's like, even kids have cool lives in New York. (laughs) (laughs) They did. And in Ghost Rider too, like they were, you know, they had a ghost friend and they solved mysteries. I mean, come on. Uh, Yeah. Everything is better in New York is the tagline to the (laughs) nineties. And and the early aughts. And the early aughts. We had TRL, man. In the late nineties. What? We had TRL. Um, the other thing related to that idea is I think Harriet and Kevin from Home Alone would be unstoppable monsters. Oh, my God. They're so glad he didn't run into her when he got lost in New York. Can you imagine? That's the most <laughs> insane crossover I thought of while reading this. Because like she's doing the recon. She has stuff. 
he's making plans like oh man they would just be a super villain team now i got the home alone theme like going through my head but i'm like picturing harriet the spy it's so fun like we could (laughs) i i promise you and i could write this movie (laughs) it would be so fun because also they're both kind of little brats as well they're at that right age where like they're bratty but you don't hate them and they're they kind of know it all yeah. yeah but they can actually achieve things it would be a fun movie i'm telling you oh yeah totally it'd be <laughs> cool yeah let's do it <laughs> but yeah both of these are kind of 90s kid wish fulfillment you know there are no parents anywhere and i can just explore and i can Go to Chinatown and spy on people. What the fuck? How is she getting all around Manhattan, by the way? <laughs> and no one notices. She's tiny. <laughs> I know, but I mean, like, you're going to notice a little kid coming by all the damn time wearing a utility belt full of stuff. <laughs> and some binoculars point. and using binoculars. Where's that little girl going down that alley? <laughs> every day i don't know she sits on the other side of that dumpster like we can't see her and she writes stuff down (laughs) that little girl's weird okay so (laughs) getting into the new television production what's really cool is that i found out it's going to be produced by the jim henson company oh which I know I was like, but it's going to be animated. So I was like, oh, it would have been kind of fun. It had been puppets. <laughs> <laughs> Muppet Harriet the Spy. Uh, <laughs> that would have been really interesting. You have to admit. And uh, apparently the um, the series is going to be written by a guy named Will McRobb. And he was one of the writers on the adventures of Pete and Pete on Nickelodeon back in the this day. Is such a strange combination of people coming together to make this. I know, but what's really interesting is Michelle Trachtenberg, who played Harriet in, you know, the 90s movie, actually was on um, Pete and Pete before, before she played Harriet. She played Nona Mecklenburg, and she always had an arm cast, and she was one of Little Pete's little friend. That was one of the weirdest shows. I know, I know kid shows are always weird, but this pocket of 90s kids TV was just fucking Especially Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon does some weird stuff. Yeah, they went through like a very experimental period where it was like, is this for adults? Is this for children? Shut up. What? For anyone? (laughs) Who is this for? That was Pete. Pete is still entertaining. I have like the whole series on DVD and it's just, it's it's still. It's so strange in that way. Remember before everyone said random and it meant something? That's what that show was. Where it was like, what is that? What? I know it's funny, but like, where did that come from? Arnie, the strongest man in the world. Yes, so weird. <laughs> so strange. And he had to fight the ocean at one point. It was, yeah. Then they had that, that ice cream man, Mr. Tasty. And uh-huh. anyway, he went missing and they had to track him down. Anyway, there was a lot of weird stuff in that show. Oh my gosh. Anyway. So, yeah. So it's, it's coming from that group of people from the Jim Henson company and, you know, uh, Will McRobb. And what's really neat is that, they already cast like three cast members. Like when they, when they announced this back in August, they were like, yeah, we already had some cast members announced. And so Harriet will be voiced by Beanie Feldstein. I love her. Which everybody, you know, if you don't know her, she's from, um, oh my God, what? I just forget the name of the, the movie. Book smart. Book smart. Thank you. Hilarious. She's so funny. Yeah. She's in that. And she's been in a lot of, th- I saw her recently. I've just started watching what 
what we do in the shadows, the series. Oh, and yeah. she's in that too, which I didn't know. And uh, she's pretty good in that too. Um, and then Marion Hawthorne, the nemesis, Harriet's, you know, Harriet's nemesis is going to be voiced by Lacey Chabert. I love it. I know. I can totally see that. You mean you can hear it? I can hear her voice. <laughs> well, yeah. And then Old Gully is going to be Jane Lynch. Controversial choice, I have to say. I've really been thinking about that one. I know. But, you know, since she's been doing, you know, she was Sue Sylvester, which was kind of a you know mean character. She's always, she kind of plays stiff characters, but she's kind of, especially if you, have you watched her on The Weakest Link? No, I haven't. You should watch her on that because at th- first I thought she was going to be because she's, you know, taking the place of that. I can't remember the, the original lady's name, mm-hmm. but she was just really stiff upper lip, you know, just yeah. not no nonsense. Well, Jane Lynch kind of does that, but she has some good like insults and stuff that she throws out. And I could totally just if you watch her on Weakest Link, you can totally see or hear her <laughs> as old gully. <laughs> I think it's actually a pretty good choice. I think she's good. I think she's going to be a good choice for that. Interesting. I mean, I'm open to it. I just feel like Jane Lynch tends to do these hard, sharp characters. And because of my love for the 90s movie, that's just not how I want Old Golly to be, you know? Yeah, I think, though, she's softening up a little bit. That's what I think. You know, I think she, and I think she knows how to do it, too. You know, yeah, she probably grew up with this book, I'm sure, you know. Um, so uh, also, I want to okay, I want to uh, at least cast a few more of the characters, you know, fantasy cast them. And um, so who do you think should be somebody to play sport? Okay, I thought a lot about this. I have a top choice, which is Finn Wolfhard, who currently voices player on Carmen Sandiego. I just feel like he has a lot of liveliness in his voice. I like that. He conveys a lot. Yeah, I can actually see that. And I can actually, you know, if it had been a live action movie, I could see young Finn playing that part too. (laughs) Yeah, actually. And then... I have another choice, which is uh, from a Netflix show called Glitch Text. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a kid's show. And the main character is voiced by Ricardo Hurtado. And I think he would be fantastic. Okay. That sounds pretty cool. So I was kind of looking for an already well-known choice and then someone who was maybe up and coming, someone who could maybe fit into a new role like that. Well, the only person I only thought of one person, and that was mainly because I just finished the series out and I was watching Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Mm. And then I thought, you know, who would be a good choice? Maybe Lachlan Watson, who is, ah. you know, and, you know, because um, they are non-binary mm-hmm. and you know, in the show on Chilling Adventures of Sabrina went from playing Susie Putnam to Theo Putnam. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just thought maybe, you know, sport could be non-binary or it doesn't have to say, you know, that's still got a youthful voice, you know? Yeah. And, I uh, probably good. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's funny to say someone looks like they could play a character named sport, but like, yeah, like fitting into that vibe, I feel like of kind of the more realistic down to earth friend, as opposed to uh Janie is <laughs> a little more. Yeah, Jamie is, which we didn't really discuss her character, but she is the mad scientist, basically. I love her. I actually (laughs) kind of want a book about her instead of Harriet. (laughs) I know. And the thing is, the two sequels that um, Louise Fitzhu wrote, where one was about Beth Ellen and the other one was about... was always going to cry? (laughs) Yeah. It was her summer vacation. Like, it was, you know, Harriet and Beth Ellen went on summer vacation, but it was all focused on Beth Ellen. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) But who do you think is Janie? Okay. 
I have a couple options for this. One, I don't know if you've watched the new She-Ra and the Princesses of Power on Netflix, but... I have. I've actually only seen the first season. I never watched any more, but I, I have okay, seen it's it. It's very good. I highly recommend it. But the the woman who voices She-Ra, Amy Carrero, I think would be great as Janie. Because I feel like she goes back and forth between the like big dreamer idea person and the realist. And I feel like that's what Janie is having to go back and forth between. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. Um, the, the person I thought of, cause I kind of took inspiration from the, um, the casting of Janie from the movie. Yeah. Since, you know, they cast a black girl and I thought that was really awesome. And I kind of think that that's what the, the show should be more diverse anyway. So I thought, you know, going in that route, I thought, what about Kat Graham? from vampire diaries mm, that's a good one i like her I voice she could be a good voice for janie yeah i like that um i also thought about uh alili cravajo from moana okay so the I voice think, of moana yeah i think she could be a good one as well yeah that'd be great yeah and then I had another like outside pick which is uh sophie grace from the new babysitters club she plays christy she just has kind of like yeah. a feistiness about her that I liked. Yeah, she got that smart ass attitude. <laughs> yeah, I, I think she could play Janie. So all over the map with Janie. I think we have a lot of good options. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think? Um, or what about Mr. and Mrs. Welsh? Okay, this was hard. It's hard casting parents in an animated cast anyway, I think, because the parents so often are just these disembodied like feet. <laughs> or just kind of the went, 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 went. yeah it's like a distant voice somewhere <laughs> and maybe they'll do that we'll see but <laughs> i mean it's hard to know if they're going with jane lynch for old golly what is the feel of the parents like is the mom gonna be more motherly than old golly i don't know i think jane lynch is gonna like i said i think she's gonna be pretty motherly like but you know old golly was kind of like motherly but with her arm you know I mean. um so is the mom gonna go even further distant you know like a uh, yeah. like a jane krasinski totally detached from reality kind of character <laughs> that would actually be a good mom actually <laughs> right <laughs> flighty you know yeah um concerned with pretty things and always dashing around but she has a warmth to her still yeah like she does care but she's just kind of clueless yes yeah I, I totally see that you know i could because it was manhattan and because yeah. you know this this couple is an actual real life couple it popped in my head and i went adam brody and leighton meester oh my gosh actually that could work really well i think they would be good mr and mrs welsh yeah i could see that <laughs> especially knowing you know blair waldorf i mean yes on. that's just a fun connection <laughs> Oh, also, I thought of somebody who could play the, their teacher. Mm -hmm. Deborah Jo Rupp. Her, she played Kitty from that 70s show, The Mom. <laughs> I can totally hear her voice being like that teacher. And it's mainly being, like I said, based off the movie because I, the, the teacher right. was kind of goofy and weird. But I just kind of see that. teacher voice. Yeah. And again, she has a lot of character to her. Like she brings a lot of presence in her roles. She so. kind of has a Miss Frizzle type voice to her, actually. Yeah. But she's also from that 70s show. She can do that meanness or like the the straightforwardness. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do a lot of people that 
she was that was on her spy route mm-hmm. but i did do um mrs Plummer and harrison withers now mrs oh. Plummer is the eccentric that's basically in bed rest like self per, you know self-prescribed bed rest <laughs> yeah i mean can you depressed. top can you top the 90s casting oh my god eartha kit eartha oh. kit <laughs> so good so perfect just uh, uh, yeah, she did. She did such a great job. Like I didn't know. I knew who Eartha Kitt was. Like I was a kid. <laughs> I grew up watching Batman on the Family Channel. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Okay, original Before, Catwoman. Yeah, exactly. She was one of the originals. So and I, you know, so I knew who she was. And so when they cast her, I was like, I knew that she was getting cast. I was like Eartha Kitt because I had read the book. And I went, I don't understand. But I saw it. And I was like, she was perfect. It was yeah, just great. So who do you think? Who who would you see in that role? That's such a hard one. I had that idea simply because I do like her voice. Yeah. And I like her sense of humor. And I was thinking Nicole Byer from Nailed It. <gasps> That's really good. Yes. She could totally you know, that, do that. that, that <laughs> and how she kind of does that, that laugh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but she also does the sexy thing. She could be like in bed rest with like blankets draped and fancy things and all made up, you know. And I see Mrs. Plummer as kind of being, her mind is with it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and she's, and she's an, I can't remember what she, she, she has some kind of performer. Yes. Anyway. I can't remember. But, you um, know, that, that type of person would be somebody who was all over the place, you know? And I think Nicole Byer would be like kind of up and down, you know, and, you know, talking like this and then, you know, going down into the sadness and then just being really dramatic all the time. I just see Yeah, it. she it, could do the drama really well. I feel like. You want to cast someone who can say, oh, darling, really nicely. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's the reason why Eartha Kitt works so well. She had that exactly. roll on her tongue, you know? Yeah. The, you know. So Harrison Withers. Harrison Withers is this really sad guy who has all these cats. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's what you would call the, quote, crazy cat man. Which, I mean, I guess, you know, if you want to talk about gender equality, there there you go. <laughs> I mean, there's just a lot of sad people in New York. That's what this book should be called. <laughs> and she's watching a lot of them, apparently. Um, so the person I thought of for Harrison Withers was Thomas Middleditch. Do you know who Thomas Middleditch is? Is he the guy from Silicon Valley? Yeah. Yeah. And he's also <laughs> on this new show called Be Positive. It's on CBS. Uh-huh. I know um, who you're talking about. He's also a Verizon spokesperson. Um. But yeah, he uh, I just see him as being that character, even his voice. Mm-hmm. Talking to his cats. <laughs> I mean, I almost think, is this too crazy? But you go for a sad Will Ferrell. Ooh. Something like that. Because he can really yeah. carry that melancholy feeling. He does. He does. Especially like that kind of that sea captain type role he does yes it's almost like a like a melancholy lighthouse keeper you know who's alone in the world like that kind of vibe (laughs) it's always raining in my lighthouse (laughs) oh my god so now i want to do the animated characters casting i don't understand so okay let me go back (laughs) sorry so basically what we'll be doing is these characters, we're going to act like the only people we can choose from are animated characters from like, oh. either, you know, Disney or the cast of <laughs> Ren Stimpy or, you know, or, you know, like we did with Brucker, I did Scooby-Doo. Okay. Um, 
So like, and we had to use those characters to cast them as the characters in the book. Got it. And now I'm going to spin this wheel. Okay. Round and round and round it goes where it stopped. Nobody knows. And we have landed on. Oh, wow. <laughs> the Looney Tunes. <laughs> so we're going we're to cast Harriet the Spy using Looney Tune characters. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> okay. So let's cast Harriet. Who could who would play Harriet out of the Looney Tunes characters? Wow, I'm really thinking about this. I almost feel like Harriet is Wiley Coyote. Yeah, because always trying to scheme and do something, but it just never works out. That's basically this book is her trying different things and it blowing up in her face over and over again in different ways. <laughs> in a way that's kind of Elmer Fudd. Too. It's actually any of the villains. Oh. <laughs> that's true, but I guess Elmer Fudd. Wow, why is there a difference? For some reason, we hope for Wiley Coyote to succeed, even though he's trying to murder Roadrunner. That's because he doesn't talk. <laughs> you feel bad for him because he doesn't even react. He just kind of well, goes blink, blink, and that's it. And it, it's almost where you get to in the book where, like, he just fails so many times that you're like, he's got to win one. Yeah. You know, that's that's almost the feeling towards him. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. And I, I, guess... I start to feel that with Harriet. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Um. I could also see somebody like Daffy Duck being Harriet, too. Yeah. Because he doesn't I, know how to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> and sometimes gets, like, irrationally angry and frustrated and takes it out on people. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, old golly, I'm thinking, could be uh, Granny. Oh, yeah. Pretty much out of the action, but is always kind of around and is probably maybe the voice of reason. <laughs> I was going to say Bugs Bunny because of that and because she's a little smart. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, like, yeah. as we were talking about, she's not the nicest. She's not the warmest. She's a little bit like, yeah, that was dumb, wasn't it? Yeah. I could. Yeah, I guess I could see that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Bugs. Bugs is not, you know, Bugs is familiar with the dress. So that'd be fine. He's not mean. He's very straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have some lessons to share. <laughs> um, to that regard, then, I guess, sport. I kind of feel wow. like sport is Daffy Duck. Well, I think so. But at the same time, I don't know. Daffy's kind of a villain. True. I think, you know That's what I mean? True. Sport is very harmless. Like, he's very harmless. he turns on Harriet, he's just kind of like sad mad. Yeah, I kind of think maybe like Tweety Bird or something, you know. Um, but he's not even that antagonistic. Who in Looney Tunes just hangs out? Who's the Eeyore of Looney out. Tunes? <laughs> well, then you, I mean, you got like, you know, Peppy Le Pew, who just wants no, love. That's too aggressive. Yeah, it's too, too, you know. Yeah, I just want I love, mon chori. I don't know. I feel like I need to do my Looney Tunes homework a little bit. <laughs> It's there's a lot of characters to choose from i know but if anybody has any are manic and no one in this book is manic i know there are you just got to think who could play that part you know <laughs> if anybody by the way if you're listening and you have an idea of which looney tunes player character could play which part in harriet the spy please drop me a I line mean, and let me know i would say Janie is taz because she kind of leaves a wake of destruction she's all over the place yes definitely definitely taz <laughs> 100 percent um or you know 
there was a mad scientist that created that big monster, the big hairy monster, too. Or one of the witch. The witch always has potions, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, like, she really destroys shit. And, I, you know, Taz, Taz isn't doing it on purpose, either. He he is a wild animal. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can totally see that. Um, <laughs> and which, that was great. I love, I love casting characters like this. Uh, the other thing with Looney Tunes characters being so manic is that they're also very dynamic and a lot of them f- push plots forward and people in the Harriet Spy do not push plots forward. I know you'd have to make these Looney Tunes characters secondary characters. So you'd have to have characters, probably ones that are secondary characters sometimes and other ones stories like um, Sylvester the cat, mm-hmm. you know, because um, he is very secondary a lot of times. Um, so I guess Sylvester could be like one of the people that she watches, you know. That's true. Sylvester could. Oh my God, no, Daffy, Daffy Duck would totally be Mrs. Plummer in the bed, <laughs> being all dramatic. No, that wouldn't be Daffy Duck. That would be Yosemite Sam. <laughs> that would totally be Yosemite Sam, sitting up in the bed. <laughs> Don't you see that? Just being I all can dramatic. See it. Yeah, and, yeah, and um, yeah. Oh my God, that'd be totally so <laughs> wow. Um, and Granny is going to be totally Mrs. Mr. Uh, what's his face with all the cats? Yeah. And of course, Celeste will be one of the cats. <laughs> the one cat stays. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. We're off of the Looney Tunes. Okay. Yeah. That was pretty <laughs> I good, like I that. think. I like that. I like that. I like, I like the exercise. It's kind of fun. It is. Yeah. From book to screen. To summarize, basically, we kind of agree we would like it to be modern day and that it would. Do you think they should use cell phones and stuff in it or and they probably will? I'm fine with that. I I like the idea, though, of keeping a notebook because people still write in notebooks. It's not as if digital communication has completely replaced that. People have journals and day planners that they carry around. So it's not that crazy to imagine kids are writing in secret notebooks especially if they you know you could make it about technology they don't want anyone to find it online they don't want it to become secretly public you know that's true that is very true and you know at the same time they don't even have to address like modern day technology they don't even have to address what era it takes place in just don't make them look like you know there's 1960s hippies walking around and stuff but (laughs) it's like sabrina you can do this contained world where you don't have to say necessarily it is this year at this time but you know you can get a vibe and sure some 11 year olds have cell phones but i don't think their lives are dominated by it so they're still children you could have them being children yeah i think yeah i don't think that any any bit of technology of today will really matter so i just think if they just don't even address what year it is just don't make things look old or if you're gonna do make it look old kind of like you said with sabrina you kind of had that hint of is it what year is it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you don't know, you know, kind of it's classic in a way. I like shows, especially a story like this. I I even question whether we need another direct adaptation. I was thinking as I was reading this how great it would be to take this core and spin this off into 10 different stories with like slight variations on the characters and the places and the times. I think Yeah, and I want to know if that's going to be like every episode is she going to be spying on somebody differently in mm-hmm. learning a new lesson, maybe? 
or, you know, and, and are they going to be making up new characters and new instances? Are they going to be pulling from these sequel books? Which, right. by the way, two of these sequel books were written in the 2000s. And oh, they were not yeah. written by Louise Fitzhu because Louise Fitzhu um, died in the 70s. I just, I don't know. I, having read this book now, the 90s movie is great. I would almost rather see a remake of the 90s movie than a, a reboot of this book. They did such a good job of adapting the book into that movie for and making children. it something you would want to watch and you could watch over and over if needed. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was fun and it had good music. It had like adult music choices. There was just a spirit to it that I feel like is really lacking in the book. And I don't I don't care about 1960s Manhattan. I don't. Are we not done with that as a setting? <laughs> It's okay, Orlean. You're going to be all right. I just mean, I like, we keep talking about, you know, more diverse stories. And this story could be made wildly diverse in a lot of different ways if they oh, just yeah. mirror this exact book. Well, that's what I think is a great. Like I said, you know, they can create new characters or they can change some of these characters up. Because even in the 1990s movie, like the, the the De Santi family, which I guess is is that Italian? Yeah. Um, they're actually Asian. Their name is Hung Fat. Yeah. It's I, an Asian family in the 90s movie. So it's like they could change it up. It doesn't matter. As long as they keep the core, you know, information or, you know, story or whatever. It has to be true to, you know, Harriet the Spy universe. But And they can add in new characters. And like I said, she can learn about different things. She can learn about diversity and disability and and, you know, all types of stuff. And I think that'd be something cool, too, that while she's spying, she's learning about different people and different types of things and they, how it maybe incorporates into her own life. Yeah, she could also just make friends. Like, that's a thing that, she doesn't true. do in this book. <laughs> sure, like, she gets her old friends back. But, like, where is the growth of meeting new people? And that's what could happen in this adaptation. That's true, too. But, yeah, and she could actually, you know, she could become a teenager. We don't know. You know, we don't know what they're going to go with, where they're going to go with it. Yeah. And, which is kind of interesting. They might, is it going to start with the infants in the book? Is it just going to be, like you said, based off, you know, the, the core idea and characters and just kind of go its own way, which, you know, probably would be a better idea. Um, <laughs> what unless they were going to make an animated movie to start, you know. What if they took a turn? And it's one of these gritty animated shows where it gets a little like true crimey and all of a sudden Harriet is embroiled in spying on the NYPD during a murder investigation. Why am I seeing like black and white Sin City with like rain and <laughs> with her, yellow raincoat. her yellow raincoat stands out but like the lightning flashes and she's like in your window. <laughs> her glasses, you don't see her eyes, it's just like a white sheen. <laughs> class where her glasses just are here the, the like, of her writing always like <laughs> she's like around you you hear her running down the halls <laughs> she's just kind of like this ghost like the slap of her converse and then just like scribbling. slap of her converse <laughs> i i desperately need my own production company because i've got a million of these <laughs> <laughs> oh man i just need the money to own the production company and just call the shots and say you make this for me <laughs> Because I don't want to do it. You do it. And I know what I want. Do the this. pretty reboot that 2021 needs. Oh, man. You know how everybody keeps saying. that's that, By the way, 
that's another reason why I do the animated thing. I want to talk yeah. about animated casting because everybody's all like, well, what would we put the Muppets in? You know, just cast the Muppets in something. So that's kind of like the same premise in a way. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but yeah, now I want to see like a Harriet the Spy in the dark, you know? <laughs> After like dark. A, like a Harriet the Spy <laughs> makes more Batman. Adult, actually. Well, like Harriet's parents are dead. But she lives alone after her nanny abandoned her. Like, and she, from like, the creators of Riverdale. Here the, the, the rooftops of New York at night. <laughs> Utility belt. It's like a mix of Riverdale and Daredevil. <laughs> Riverdale devil. <laughs> but she's still 11. She's still 11. <laughs> she's only 11. I have to be in my nine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this is how there are so many ways to spice it up is what I'm saying. So many ways. Well, we'll we'll try. We'll try and get that spiced up for you, Orlean. <laughs> oh my goodness. I want to thank you so much for for uh coming on and, and reading this book with me. Um that was really fun. Um, <laughs> if you want to reach out and speak to Orlean, you can reach her at uh wow, I, did you change your handles by the way? I did. I changed my handles. I'm I'm branding myself. Awesome. What are they? <laughs> so on Instagram and Twitter, it's now Spooky Oraline. Okay, good. At least it's, you know, one thing cross all. Yes, it's much That's easier great. that way. <laughs> <laughs> but you are still Spooky Sisters can uh Spooky Sisters book club. I almost said Spooky Sisters can read. <laughs> the ultimate mashup. <laughs> oh my god. You're one an honorary day. spooky sister. We get around the campfire and we read spooky stories. Oh my gosh, that'd be <laughs> that awesome. would actually be really fun. Yeah, it would. So you're actually you actually used to be Spooky Sisters Book Club, but now you have rebranded to Spooky and Strange. It's it's the same show though, right? Um, <laughs> yes. So and I review weird and spooky and just wild books you've never heard of. They're really good. It's awesome. Uh, thank you so much for coming on again. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. I loved talking about this. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please reach out to me on social media. On Twitter, I'm at Dustin underscore Holden. Or on Instagram, I'm at Dustin Can Read. You can also get me at email at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. And please click subscribe so you can be alerted of new episodes. Also, don't forget to rate and review on iTunes or Podchaser or wherever you listen to the show. I hope you have a great day. Until next time, Dustin can read. How do the NPR people do it? What are, what well, are they Well, they're training? very calm, for one thing. They don't really have a lot to, you know, they're not really, everything's scripted and they're very calm. I don't know how they're, I can't be that calm. I don't have it in my voice. I, I like on the spectrum. I feel like I fall closer to animated character than NPR host. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think, yeah, well, we kind of animated character, but is that a trap? No. <laughs>